What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the midweek podcast of the All In Man Cave podcast. I, if you do not know or cannot remember, am Cole Haight, your host. Glad to be talking to you guys today. A lot of, lot of, lot of drama going on in the NFL. A lot of stuff's going around. We've got some co- huge COVID issues, which we're going to talk about in the middle of this podcast. But uh, this is the midweek podcast. We're going to do injury updates uh, for all the p- injured players possibly coming back, injured the past week in the NFL that may affect your fantasy football lineups. And for most people, this week is the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Now, it could differ depending on what co- type of league you're in. Obviously, if you play daily fantasy, uh, or weekly fantasy where you just bet on Sundays for your for your squad. It doesn't really it, – it has a different feeling. I, I've done fan, uh, daily fantasy. I'm not a huge fan of it. I like the yearly thing. I like keeping the squad together. I love making the transactions. And I love the banter back and forth. So it, it, it's great. It's great to watch your team, the highs, the lows, stuff like that. I'm not a daily fantasy guy, but some of you guys out there might be. So these, in, these injury updates are going to be geared towards – Typically players that are going to affect your fantasy football team, as well as my likes and dislikes, of course, for fantasy. Obviously, I have to give you guys the likes and dislikes for fantasy football, uh, especially if most of you guys are going into your playoff situations, in which case we've got a lot of we've got a lot of hiccups in the road for a lot of players that have been basically solid gold stars on some fantasy teams that may or may not be playing this week. As well as last week, I told you guys I was going to have a new segment. Uh, What really grinds my gears is going to be the segment we're going to end the podcast with, which I will obviously get into at the end of the podcast. But let's get let's hop right into it. Let's start with our fantasy football injury updates. Uh, number one on the list, uh, Taylor Heineke. He's got a knee issue. Uh, Kyle Allen, the backup quarterback for the Washington football team, has COVID, positive COVID test. He may or may not be able to get back by Sunday. There's way too many moving pieces for these COVID, these COVID tests in terms of what you need to do to get back on the field. We don't know the vaccination statuses. We don't know the protocol. So it's hard to call. It's There's a lot of very weird things going on this week, especially for this week's slate. Going to be very hard to predict uh, winners of these football games or honestly anything else in terms of statistics, not knowing if people are going to play. It could This could have a huge impact on fantasy football. It could have a huge impact on anybody who's in a survivor league picking a different team each week to win. There's, there's a lot of stuff, that a lot of moving pieces going on. But Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen not in. It uh, doesn't look like he's going to be able to get back. Now, is it that because it's impossible? No. Uh, but based on what's happened, if this news and most of my news updates have come from Wednesday, if not possibly a Thursday practice, considering today is Thursday, December 16th, but most of the stuff that I got, I was fully prepared to do the podcast yesterday, but my dad stopped by on his birthday. Happy 61st to Dave the Man Hate, my father. Happy 61st. He made it 61 years. Congrats to him. It, listen, getting back to it, Taylor Heineke's going to end up having to play. Now, is he going to be 100%? No, not even close. He's got a knee issue. There's some stuff they're looking at that's not the knee, that's not really out in the public right now and out in the media. But I did listen to Ian Rappaport with a, a little bit of an update this uh, earlier today that he came out with, I think it was Wednesday night that I listened to this morning about some of these players that are having multiple injuries, yet they're categorized as one. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, but Taylor Heineke, if you have him in fantasy, if you're a Washington football team fan, he's going to end up, I would say, 95% chance he plays, and there's a 100% chance he's not 100%. Next on the list, same football team, different position, Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's in, con- in the concussion protocol. Uh, hasn't gone well in practice so far this week, at least until the update stopped Wednesday morning. So possibly a Wednesday evening practice as well as a practice today. We'll see if he's able to get out of the protocol, similar to the protocol that's going on right now with the with COVID. Uh, the, the concussion protocol is very, very, it's, it's straight up front right in front of you. You got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Five different things, and you can get back on the practice field. So we'll keep an eye on Terry McLaurin, but Scary Terry could definitely make a big impact on some of your fantasy football teams out there. I really hope he's able to go. 
uh, tried to make a big a big catch, uh, and he came down hard, got hit in the head. It's it's stuff that just happens in a regular football game. Uh, a regular NFL football game doesn't matter what week it is. Week in and week out, there's these just scary plays that people get themselves into, not necessarily at the fault of theirs, uh, but it's just a luck of the draw, head-to-head. Uh, crazy ways people can get concussions now in this league. And it seems like it's getting more prevalent as the years go on, especially within the last five. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I just go by what I see on the tickers, what I see in the media. It just seems like there's a lot more concussions. Now, whether there's a lot more getting noticed and it was always like this. It just was never caught with players coming off the field, have to come off due to the judgment from the referees uh, to go into the blue tent, figure out what's going on, and seeing if they can stay in the football games. That's clearly been more prevalent in the past five years in the NFL, clearly. But the thing is, is like I, it just seems like an abundant amount, and it's been plentiful, especially this season, that I've noticed. Next on the injury list, Rex Burkhead, not going to move any necks, not going to break any necks with this comment, but some people out there, injuries to the running back position, COVID, keeping some running backs out, running backs out of the game, or out of their games this week. Rex Burkhead, decent out of the backfield in terms of catching the football, even with David Johnson still on that Houston Texans team. They play the Jags this week. It's going to be a no defense. The offenses are going to try and score points. I'm going to come out with the podcast tomorrow with my bets against the spread as well as over-unders. But listen, I'm expecting the offenses to give everything they have because both their defenses are terrible. So Rex Burkhead, good plug-and-play guy for injuries, good plug-and-play guy to get you a decent amount of points. He catches four passes. That's probably going to be at least six points. Not to mention he's going to run the ball as well. So... Uh, Rex Burkhead, groin injury. He's They're thinking one to three weeks. They're not officially rolling him out for this football game, but it, the way people are talking, it seems like he's not going to be able to go, which means David Johnson's going to get a bulk, a bulk of the carries and a bulk of uh, the touches in general, but he's also dinged up. So there's issues everywhere for the Houston Texans, but uh, Rex Burkhead, big hit for that team that literally is trying to salvage anything from this season. Rex Burkhead's been decent and stepped in when he needed to. Next on the list, Lamar Jackson, low ankle sprain. He's day-to-day. Uh, they they basically approved, I guess this is going to be the weirdest way to say this, but they approved that it's not a high ankle sprain due to the size of the walking boot he was in. I don't understand how that works. I get it. There are some doctors out there. There's some people that have seen some things. Uh, but Josh Allen was in a walking boot, and he had turf toe. Uh, based on the size of the the walking boot, you're now telling me you know what Lamar Jackson's sprain is before they came out with it. They guessed correct, which it is not a high ankle sprain. It's a low ankle sprain. But like I've mentioned multiple times, these injured players that are injuring parts of their body they need to be successful is going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem for the Baltimore Ravens. It's 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 not good. It's absolutely 100% not good. So we'll see what happens. They play the Green Bay Packers this week. So it's if Lamar can't run, what is Lamar? Everybody talks about his passing. I don't think it's as bad. I don't think his passing skills are as bad as people think. Uh, but I think that if you make him one-dimensional, it could cause a potential issue uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Next on the list, Austin Eckler, ankle injury. Watched the replay of the play where he was injured. It did not look good. Came out and apparently a way better result came from afterwards versus me watching it. It He's probable to play this week. And it, they, everyone thought it was a high ankle sprain after first watching it. Absolutely not. He's at least participated in practice this week, which is good to see uh, because Austin Eckler is one of your big hitter running backs, especially in PPR leagues out there for fantasy. That's going to help you get through the first round of the playoffs or get you out of the toilet bowl if you're in the, the bottom four of your league. Next on the list, Josh Allen, ankle, toe, foot. It, I've seen, and this is just a joke because we know what it is now. I just wanted to say that because that's what I was seeing on the TV as I'm watching news updates for the NFL come on the bottom of the screen. I love when it's ankle, toe, foot with uh, dashes, with with, with forward dashes and f- by each one. 
absolutely hilarious. You have no idea what it is. You're just guessing. So it, they think it's turf toe. It looks like turf toe. Josh Allen has said it feels like turf toe. That's a huge issue, uh, especially for Buffalo uh, not knowing. Listen, they have a decent backup in Mitch Trubisky. Now, I'm, I'm he's a decent backup. He's not a decent quarterback. So don't jump the guns on me real quick. But uh, Mitch Trubisky might have to play in this game. Now, turf toe is extremely, extremely painful. Aaron Rodgers says that what he has is worse than turf toe. I don't believe him. Uh, turf toe is usually your big toe. So uh, Josh Allen may have some issues this week. It, it may be, it, listen, it, it may affect, it's similar to Lamar Jackson. He may not be able to do what he needs to do to be himself at the quarterback position. He scrambles. He makes plays happen. He runs the ball. He ran for over 100 yards in their last football game and led their rushers by a lot or led in rushing by a lot for the Buffalo Bills. So keep an eye on Josh Allen, his practice schedule, what you think. It may be a game-time decision. Uh, so it might be worth out there, and I know this is the injury segment, not the fantasy football segment, but it may be worth going out getting a backup, and if you don't trust them, at least get some solidarity out there, whether it be a Matt Ryan, uh, whether it be a, a Taysom Hill, if you can pick him up, it, it, whether it be a, a Justin Fields or an Andy Dalton. It, it's just it. I don't know. I, it's just not It's not good to start your quarterback position out in fantasy in your first week of the playoffs with a game-time decision, and it might not be worth you plugging him into play. Next on the list, James Conner, ankle injury on the last worthless play of Monday Night Football. He shouldn't have even been in there, to be quite honest with you. I understand that they were going for the tie with a Hail Mary or some crazy play, uh, but he's dinged up, MRI on the ankle. I don't have updates on James Conner, uh, whether that be me being a terrible person digging or whether nobody's come out with it yet because, honestly, it, it, it's crazy. It, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, James Conner has been a touchdown machine. He's been helping a lot of people in their fantasy leagues this year. He's stepped up where he needed to step up with Chase Edmonds being the, the more shifty uh, third down back, being able to catch the ball out of the backfield uh, with him being able to step in and kind of take some of those, some of those targets kind of like a sponge and soak some of them in and, and to keep them good. Even with Colt McCoy at their quarterback position with Kyler Murray injured, it, it's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy. Now, uh, who knows if he plays this week? It looks questionable as of right now. Questionable is literally playing on the fence, and that's typically where this media, where these media outlets and where these football teams want to characterize people uh, to try and gain a competitive edge, to try and make people plan for something that's not that's not actually going to happen in a football game, uh, which is also a great competitive edge, but. That's the thing. And and on the flip side, DeAndre Hopkins hurt as well. His he is a leg injury. It does not look good. He may be able he may have to miss the rest of the season. I know it's a knee. It didn't look good when I saw the replays of the play. I would expect him to miss a decent amount of time. It is not confirmed as of right now uh, or I either I didn't dig enough or I didn't get the update to my phone, but I did not see that DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, but it looks like as of right now, via what I've seen from Ian Rappaport, that he will miss some time, which is going to be a problem. And and Kyler was out when DeAndre was out for most of this entire season so far. So he hasn't really had to play without him. But th they're going to have to try and fill that void. And if James Conner misses any type of time as well, with Chase Edmonds just getting activated off the IR, I believe this week, so it, it may be a problem, and they're gonna the Cardinals are gonna have to figure out a way to stay competitive if they want to get anywhere near that uh, that number one seed. Next on the list, Kareem Hunt ankle injury re-injures the same ankle. I feel like this is the third time he's he's injured the same ankle. I know he went on IR, uh, but I think he had, he injured that ankle. He missed a few weeks, came back in, injured it, went on IR, came back in again, and then injured it again so he's questionable this week uh, with all of the COVID stuff going on and we're going to get to the COVID stuff in a minute we'll talk a, a, at length well at least at a decent length about COVID and how it's affecting the NFL but it's great it, they need all types of support from everywhere uh, with Baker not looking like he's going to be able to go this week COVID got him premonition to a few minutes when we start the COVID segment but Baker's probably not going to be able to go it's a problem. They need as much as they can from that running back position. And 
listen, Nick Chubb being able to to take most of those rushes, I'm okay with. Uh, their backup, Dearness Johnson, he came in. He's that technically their third running back came in and looked like a number two. So I think that the running, the rushing ability of the Cleveland Browns is going to be enough to get them at least within a stone's throw of beating the the Las Vegas Raiders this week. But it's it Kareem Hunt taking a hit. It's it's a huge fantasy hit too because Kareem Hunt went early this year. All of you guys are out there, think, and and you were probably maybe similar to me, if not on the flip side. But either way, you were surprised. Is people drafting Cream Hunt in the third round, uh, knowing that Nick Chubb's going to get most of the rushes, knowing that Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb are the probably the best two-headed monster in the league when fully healthy for both. But it, it's crazy. It, it's crazy. Check out Cream Hunt. If if he plays, he's going to take a limited role, I believe. So I don't think that it's worth plugging and playing. I think it's worth plugging and playing somebody else that's not Kareem Hunt where you can expect it and not have as much of a fear of re-injury or lack of production and targets. Last on the injury updates list, Justin Fields. This one wasn't in the media as as much, and I got this actually as a hot tip. Uh, I know a few people from college that moved down south. We really don't see each other much anymore. I'm 29. I saw them back when I was 20 years old at community college in Eastern Pennsylvania, and they moved away. So I don't really see, but I got a hot tip. I got a few friends that are really into fantasy, really into kind of digging down, kind of seeing the stats, how this stuff kind of moves, maybe even a little bit more than me, which is kind of shocking because I thought I did a decent amount of research. But Justin Fields' hand issue. Uh, he he got ex- examined after the the football game against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. There might be an issue there. Andy Dalton has stepped in and proved that he can be about as inconsistent as you can be, throwing for multiple touchdowns and no picks in a few games and also multiple interceptions and no touchdowns in a few games. And we already know that the relentlessness of how upset the wide receivers are for the Chicago Bears as to how slow the development for Justin Fields has been, how the lack of targets, even though that they are high caliber players in Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, and even Marquise Goodwin. So uh, interesting to see what happens with Justin Fields. I don't know if he's going to play against us on Monday Night Football. I know that regardless of who starts at quarterback, it's going to be a very close nail-biting game. Uh, the Vikings play in Soldier Field on Monday Night Football this week, which is going to be very interesting, as it always is when we go to Soldier Field. But uh, regardless, of, it doesn't give me any more type of hope for the Vikings this week. But Justin Fields has been developing. He's looked better since he started uh, his first game in the NFL earlier this season. Uh, so it, it's, it hurts to see that he's having multiple injuries, different types of injuries where he's missing time. So I hope he can come back, but he his availability this week is definitely in question. All right, those are the physical injuries. Uh, now let's go to the COVID positives and the close contacts. So this, this week has been absolutely insane for the NFL in terms of COVID. Uh, everything going on, this Omicron variant seems like... It seems like a lot of the COVID things going on, and this just doesn't just go for football. I know this is a sports podcast. It, life in general this Omicron seems like it's getting around uh, and people are getting positive tests for it yet a lot of the people are asymptomatic which is basically the reason why the vaccine exists uh, we don't want a bunch of a bunch of people symptomatic if you're asymptomatic and you pass it that's better uh, but you could still spread it which is the whole point of why COVID is a huge issue but listen it, it, there's been a lot of COVID and it's it's on multiple leagues uh, baseball dealt with it for a little bit when they were in their playoffs a, a few months ago. Uh, there was an issue in there's an issue in hockey right now. Basketball is seeing a spike in 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 positive tests as well. Uh, not to mention the counties and everything that's going on with mask mandates and vaccine mandates and stuff like that. So it's it's getting kind of insane. So there's a lot of notable names I put on this list. So Austin Hooper positive. All of these people are confirmed positive tests, uh, and and some of them may be close contacts, but not many. So Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, Rayshon Slater, Odell Beckham Jr., Kendall Fuller, Tyler Lockett, Christian McCaffrey, who hasn't played and has been ruled out for the season, to Neil Hunter, who hasn't played and has been ruled out for the season, Chris Jones, who's going to miss tonight's game against the Chargers, 
Josh Gordon, Alexander Madison, Jalen Waddle. These are all huge names in terms of not only fantasy, but for these football teams. There's multiple teams with more than 10 positive tests. You don't have, I think that your max capacity, and you guys may be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the max capacity for the practice squad is, I think it's eight. I think it's eight. It's between eight and 10, I believe, people. So if you have more than 10 positive tests, your practice squad can't even, your practice squad can't even back that up. And now you're bringing in people that aren't even affiliated with your organization or know anything to play midweek. It's insane. And it's a lot to ask of some of these football players that have either been not playing or have been playing in a different, on a different team and with a different scheme. 94 total COVID positive tests and or close contact since December 1st. It is December 16th. That's a, that's a day more than two weeks. And we've had almost a hundred close contacts and positive tests of COVID. It's insanity. This is absolutely insane. I've not seen, and it's and it's almost been like hush hush. Like a few people have gone onto the list from a few teams up until this point in the in the year. If I'm wrong, call me out. But that's what I'm seeing. It's a few, whether it be a, and it seems like I'm just throwing this out there. It seems like these teams are. It's almost like they encourage the vaccine for these players and the players get the vaccine or already have had it. And they're, the protocol for them to get through is almost taking as long as the quarantine period in general. So it was you get vaccinated, you don't have to go through these hoops and bounds. Whereas the average time for a player to get back from COVID, even when vaccinated, is eight days. It's a mandatory 10-day quarantine. So, like, what is two days? Now, I know it to the two days might make the difference between them playing in a game and not, but I thought it was going to be some sort of competitive edge like everybody out there in the sports world is talking about. Get vaccinated, it's a competitive edge. 100% vaccination status for teams, competitive edge. I don't see it as that much of a competitive edge if most of these players are missing almost 10 games already in general. So what's the, what's the, the, the benefit? I don't see the benefit. Now, a lot of those names I just named could be diff- could be players that really affect fantasy football. Now, maybe not Alexander Madison because people have Dalvin Cook out there and he wouldn't have started anyway. But what happens if Cook, we, we, went, we go out and we sign Wayne Gallman uh, and we have Kenny Nwongwu. But what happens if Dalvin Cook goes out and gets hurt? Yeah, Madison, clear as day, can replace him. But maybe now not. So it, it this, this could affect outcomes not only for fantasy football, but for, for betting odds in general for some of these football games this week. So I may be bad this week in terms of football, and but you guys will find out tomorrow when I release the uh, my bet my best bet picks against the spread as well as over unders. But it's going to be really hard to judge these games, especially over unders. Over unders is going to be rough because we don't know who's playing. And who's not going to be able to play? And who's going to be able to play but only a little bit because God only knows they start they feel sick or some issue or what have you. What happens if COVID affects them? It, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. Uh, but that's enough about COVID and the injuries. Let's go right into fantasy football. So I've started with the likes the last few weeks. Let's start with the dislikes. And we'll move into the likes. On, so ending on a more positive note before my what really grinds my gears, which counterproductively is also not ending on a on a high note but we're going to do it anyway. So the dislikes this week for fantasy football, like I say, I'm going to I'm going to do a little bit of premonition here for you guys. I'm not saying if you have these players to sit them, I'm just not expecting them to have a as high caliber game as they would typically have uh, based on their matchup or something else. So let's start with number one of the dislikes list, uh, Jonathan Taylor versus New England. Now, this is strictly Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They do the same thing every week, and I figured that teams would catch on to this, but they haven't. They take your best option, and they get rid of them. Now it's the New England Patriots versus who? Carson Wentz. I'm taking the Patriots versus Carson Wentz every time. I'm, I, I, do, I don't want to bet against Bill Belichick. I think he's going to be able to. He's going to be able to get away from listen so he's not going to be able to get away from he's going to be able to take away Jonathan Taylor Bill Belichick I I, I love it I'm not going to go against them I think their defense has been playing well oh look at this right to my phone two inches to my left uh, Russell Wilson has just entered the COVID protocol for this week 
So this is the kind of stuff we do. I'm sorry for the tangent, but I listen, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. How many times is my phone going to go off and what kind of names are going to pop up? We have no idea. Uh, but going back, the Patriots are going to be able to shut down Jonathan Taylor. They're going to try and have Carson Wentz try and beat him. Their their secondary, the New England secondary, has played well. Uh, so I think Bill is okay with putting his corners on a little bit of an island, kind of selling out up front uh, just to be able to stop them. And I think they're able to do it. So I don't love Jonathan Taylor this week against New England. Next on the list, Tyler Conklin versus the Chicago Bears. Uh, too much inconsistency. I, I don't like the matchup. The The... The Bears linebackers have always been able to cover our tight ends and or punch the football out. Tyler Conklin proved that he is a little bit prone to fumbles this year. They've stripped Kyle Rudolph, I think, every year so far since I've been a fan uh, when Kyle Rudolph was on the Vikings for the more than the decade years that he was. So I don't like Tyler Conklin. I think they're going to force they're going to force Kirk Cousins to try and beat them down the field. KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, no D.D. Westbrook because he's on the COVID list, but uh, Amir Smith Marset. They're going to force somebody else to beat them, uh, and Dalvin Cook's going to get pl- a plentiful amount of rushes in this game, just like he did against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. So I do not love Tyler Conklin this week, who a lot of people told me in person and via the internet is a very good tight end to plug and play. Uh, this year in fantasy, which he's been decent. I'm not going to lie. I picked him up. I've used him for a few weeks. Uh, I didn't have him at the beginning of the season, but I used him for a few weeks. Uh, I just don't think Tyler Conklin has a huge game this week. Next on the dislikes list, Austin Eckler versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, No secret out there. Kansas City's defense is probably the best defense the past two months in the NFL. Uh, Chris Jones isn't going to be in, but he's also dinged up. Austin Eckler, I mean, is dinged up as well. I think they're... I, I, I. if I expect what I think is going to happen from Brandon Staley, I think they put it all on Herbert. And Herbert goes out and has a game. Or he doesn't have a game. But they're going to put it in his hands uh, and take it kind of out of the middle of the field, more rush, more rushes in a game type game. It, it, I don't see that happening. I think that this game goes I think that this game goes over. And I really like Herbert and the way he looks. Uh, but you can never count out Mahomes. Count out Mahomes. So, it's going to be a weird game for this for tonight, basically, for Thursday night football. Uh, but I'm not a huge fan of Austin Eckler this week. Not saying to sit him, uh, but don't expect more than 20 points from him. Don't expect more than 15, to be quite honest with you. Next on the list, every Ravens running back versus the Green Bay Packers. This game literally is the exact same explanation that I just used for Eckler. Uh, the green uh, the Green Bay Packers have been great on defense. They're starting to get pieces back now. Uh, I know they gave up a few big passes uh, against the third corner against the Chicago Bears, but they didn't give up much in the middle. I'm not really expecting much from the running backs. I know they're going to get more rushes with the injury to Lamar Jackson, who, if he plays, will still probably not run that much because of the sprained ankle. Uh, but I don't think – I think – whatever team plays the the Ravens that is not uh, that knows what's going to happen when Lamar Jackson doesn't play they're going to try and make Tyler Huntley throw the ball to beat him and they're going to do whatever it takes uh, to make sure that for them to for them to for the Green Bay Packers to lose the game Tyler Huntley is going to be able to make long passes decently and at a high clip down the field next on my dislikes list Naheem Hines versus the New England Patriots Naheem Mines is very hit or miss, especially this season. With Jonathan Taylor taking a lot of touches, Naheem Mines gets a few a few catches uh, here and there, and he does break one off every once in a while. I think there's more quality in probably most of the free agent market out there for fantasy leagues. I think you can do better than Naheem Mines. I, he just has stinkers too often, and if you're going in the first week of your fantasy playoffs, you really don't want to mess around with inconsistency. You want to try and keep it as consistent as possible uh, for your own frame of mind as well as for you to get through the week and keep continuing on to the next tier of the playoffs. I don't think Naeem Hines does well in this game. New England's defense, once again, great. I just I think that Carson Wentz is going to be forced to throw, and I think that the linebackers for the New England Patriots are good in coverage, so I don't see Naheem Hines going up off in a football game. Maybe he has four catches. Uh, he has the potential to have zero, and him rushing the football is almost non-existent. So it's you're handicapping yourself where you can find value elsewhere for sure. Next on the list for the dislikes is Marvin Jones 
versus the Houston Texans. I just, listen, this could go one of two ways. I'm leaning this way. A lot of people probably lean the other way. Uh, Marvin Jones hasn't been able to do anything, much of anything all season after week three. The first three weeks, he had a lot of catches week three with no touchdown. And week one and two, he caught a touchdown. So he had decent productivity, especially for your fantasy league. And the first three weeks has been almost non-existent based on the corruption and disgustingness that is the Jack- Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but it's it's bad. And, and Marvin Jones is a solid player. T- uh, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's lost in the backfield. Now, whether that be the play calling, whether that be the drama, whether it be whatever it is, it seems like Trevor Lawrence doesn't want to find him on a regular basis for the past 10 weeks in the NFL, which is a huge problem, especially Uh, for fantasy owners once again going back to inconsistency which will ruin your football team number number I guess the same amount of numbers so number seven this is the seventh player on my dislikes list Dak versus the Giants I don't like the way Dak looks right now there's something wrong I don't know what it is. He's not on an injury report he's saying all the right things in the media I'm not sure what it is But whatever it is, it's affecting the way he throws the football. Now, listen, it could be his foot. It could be his hand. It could be his shoulder. There's something going on. It could be mental. It could be his brain. He could just not be in the right frame of mind on some of these throws and and some of these plays and because he's scared to get re-injured. It could be a million things, but I know what I'm looking at from Dak Prescott is not the right It's not the right thing. It's not what I'm used to seeing. He's not finding his receivers. He's making bad decisions, which is something Dak never does or does very little in the NFL since he's been a starter. And their their running backs are dinged up. Tony Pollard's dealing with plantar fascia in his in his foot, which is the similar issue that that Peyton Manning went through a, a few years back before he retired. It's it's a problem. Zeke doesn't look the same. He's dinged up. Tony Pollard's not playing. They, they, they don't have much depth behind both of them, which I don't blame them for. They got two high caliber running back ones and running back twos. But I don't expect much from Dak. And we know, based on what we've seen this season, based on the New York Giants, their defense is stingy in, a, in games. They're pretty stingy. Now, they give up a lot of points to high-caliber offenses. They have bad games, but as many bad games as they've had, they've had good games as well where they don't give up much of anything against the Chiefs. Uh, They had a few good games within the division. Uh, They beat the Eagles a few weeks back, so I don't expect the Giants' defense to give up much of anything. And with with that linked between Dak not looking good, I don't think there's a very good promise for the for the Dallas Cowboys and Dak's statistics for fantasy this week. I think they still win the game. I'm not saying the Cowboys aren't going to win the game, uh, but Dak's not going to put up amazing stats, and and you can quote me on that. Last on my list of dislikes, Kyler Murray versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, I picked Kyler Murray to end this part, uh, end the dislikes for a reason. There are two main reasons that I see this going south for Kyler Murray in this game. Number one, playing without DeAndre Hopkins. A.J. Green, I know, has been a good substitute. Christian Kirk's been doing well. And Rondale Moore has made splashes uh, being a rookie from Purdue in the slot as that wide receiver four that comes in on a few third downs. He's making good plays. Uh, but if James Conner misses this game and DeAndre Hopkins misses this game, and they're playing the Detroit Lions, this game could go one of two ways. Both of them hurt Kyler Murray. The Lions could come out and fight all game and play well on defense, which they've proved that they've been able to do and give up not that many points to high-caliber offenses. That's the one way it could go. The other way is the Lions, the Lions could be down 28 nothing in the first quarter, and then Kyler either gets pulled from the game or all they do is run the football. Uh, both of one of those things I think happens, and I think it happens at a high clip for percentages. I don't see this being a, ne- a, a neck and neck game going into the fourth quarter. Uh, so I think Kyler gets the ball taken out of his hands, literally and physically. Actually, <laughs> look at that, another coined phrase on the podcast. Uh, but I don't think Kyler. Listen, I'm not saying to sit him. I'm not saying to sit Kyler Murray, but I don't expect him to go off in a game where the ball could be potentially plucked from his hands. All right, we flip the flip the script over to the likes that I love this week. Likes that I love, love it. Another one, another one, another another saying for the podcast. 
uh, starting the likes that I love this week. Uh, David Montgomery versus the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, if, if the Vikings have proved anything on defense, it's that they will give up as many fantasy points to running backs as teams are willing to take. It's absolutely ridiculous. They, they give up the passes. They give up the short passes. They give up long passes. They give up long runs. They give up first down runs. They give up everything on defense in terms of running the football and for the running back. So I, David jo- or David Montgomery this week, huge, huge start. I know he's been dinged up. I know the stats aren't there since he came back from his injury, uh, but expect a decent game, if not a very high caliber game, against a Vikings defense who struggles and definitely struggles at Soldier Field. And in prime time. Next on my likes list, Julio Jones versus Pittsburgh. Uh, I, you guys should be able to call me out on this one. You guys know I absolutely despise Julio Jones, especially in fantasy. Uh, but I despise Julio Jones and how inconsistent he is. And you would think, wow, he's on your likes list. Yes, because the Tennessee Titans need to figure out how to stay confident and play well before they get Derrick Henry back. Now, it's no it's no secret out there. Tennessee's going to win that division or at least get a wild card spot if they free fall. It, it's bound to happen. Their defense has been carrying them through football games, but they want momentum for when Derrick Henry returns, and they want to prove that they can do something else besides run the ball with him. So I think this is a perfect time for Julio Jones to step up. Now, he has done absolutely nothing. Uh, almost negative in terms of fantasy this season based on the fact that he misses games due to injury and based on the fact that even when he's on the field, he has stinkers in terms of statistics. Uh, But I think he has a good game against Pittsburgh. Listen, Justin Jefferson was open on a lot of routes last week versus the, the Minnesota Vikings when they played the Steelers. And K.J. Osborne was good as well. They are hurting in the secondary. And A.J. Brown, very up in, up in the air. He hasn't been 100% all season either. So Julio might have to try and put the team on his back. Now, when he does that, he's probably going to hurt his hamstring. However, that was a little bit of a dig, and I apologize to Julio Jones. If Julio, you are listening to this podcast. But... I think he has a good, a decent game, maybe eight for 120, uh, gets you 20 solid points for your your first week in your fantasy playoff scenario. Next on the list, Deontay Johnson versus the Tennessee Titans on the flip side of that game. Uh, Deontay Johnson and Ben Roethlisberger are the best two offensive players. Uh, you could probably put a close uh, T2 maybe with, with Najee Harris, how he's played in his rookie season. Uh, but Ben knows it's almost the end, and he doesn't want to go out like uh, looking like an idiot. And he might, based on some of the games he's played so far. But Deontay Johnson has been the one solid player that's been getting solid amounts of fantasy points all season. He's very consistent. I think that he does well. It's only a matter of time until Tennessee plays a team where the offense and the team in general is not terrible. They played a lot of terrible opponents the last few weeks. And listen, when they play a decent foe, uh, foe, opponent, whatever word you want to use, the, the Tennessee defense looks a little bit more human. So I'm expecting Deontay Johnson to have a decent game this week against the Tennessee Titans. Next on the list, Hunter Henry versus the Indianapolis Colts. We've gone over it multiple times at exhaustion. The Patriots are going to take away everything that the, everything that the Colts want to do. Uh, but the Colts are very good on defense as well. Uh, and they're good against the run. So I think that there's going to be a lot of play action. Now, a lot for the Patriots is not a lot in general. Uh, but I think Hunter Henry sees a few more targets in this game than he's been getting, maybe around that three to five target mark. I think he sees more like five to seven. Uh, and he reels in a few of those, and he's very good in the red zone. Uh, so with the very very good chance that whoever you drafted uh, in your fantasy league at tight end, you're probably not starting in this week of fantasy football based on the inconsistent play, the bad play that we've gotten all year from the tight end position. Unless you have Kittle, Kelsey, uh, or Waller, and Waller has even been dinged up. You've been plugging and playing different tight ends all, all year. So let's take a flyer on Hunter Henry and let's get a few touchdown catches because that's what I'm predicting. Next on the likes list, Ronald Jones versus the New Orleans Saints. Everybody knows, and if you don't, you're going to figure it out, that the Tampa Bay Bucks struggle against New Orleans. I don't know what it is, whether it be Sean Payton's coaching, whether it be just the intimidation because it's just a bad matchup. 
I, the this, the Bucks should go in and cruise in this game based on the way the Saints have been playing the last few weeks, uh, and that doesn't count beating the Jets thirty to nine. So uh, and listen, Leonard Fournette's dinged up. He's been dealing with some stuff off the field uh, as well as the injuries. Uh, stuff hasn't gone his way. Some of these few last few weeks, he has had a few good games. I'll give him that. Uh, but the fact that he's dinged up and the fact that they have Ronald Jones healthy leads me to believe that if they can take some targets and some touches away from Leonard Fournette, they will, which is why I love Ronald Jones against New Orleans. I think Tampa Bay finally breaks that streak and has a good game against the New Orleans Saints. And if they do that, I think it happens early uh, and they stay ahead, which means Ronald Jones is up for a lot more touches, uh, which means a lot more fantasy points this week. Next on the likes list, Brandon Cooks versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars' defense is horrible. Their secondary is horrible. Their front seven, decent, but almost horrible. Uh, So Brandon Cooks is the only solid player on the Houston Texans that is worth a damn. Uh, As my uh, former grandfather used to say, are you worth a damn? I I think he's worth a damn. To be quite honest with you, I think he's worth a damn, and and he's been putting up statistics. I, I Davis Mills loves him. Number one, uh, number two. Even if the Jacksonville Jaguars know that Davis Mills loves him, I don't think they have anybody to cover Brandon Cooks. And he's had some quiet good games this year on a Texans team that hasn't had anything good happen for it on the field or off the field. So I absolutely love Brandon Cooks this week. Wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Any questions with COVID, any questions with inconsistent play, I would definitely plug in Brandon Cooks if he's been on on your bench or maybe in some thinner leagues might be available in free agency. Next on the likes list, Debo Samuel versus Atlanta. You're thinking, oh, Debo's automatically going to have a good game. Uh, Well, Debo's dinged up a little, but this is more about the Atlanta defense than it is about Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel's been good against every team this year that he's played against, pretty much. He's been a very consistent wide receiver in terms of the pass game, in terms of the run game. Uh, big, Good leader on, on and off the field as well is what I've heard in the blogs that I read as well, which is good for the San Francisco 49ers moving forward based on some uncertainty they have at the leader position, whether it be quarterback or coach. Uh, so having more leaders in that locker room, I love Debo. I thought he was really underrated when he came out uh, in the draft uh, as low as he went. So I thought he was a little bit underrated. He's ended up being that number one target, that number one player that they need to get over the top in San Francisco. I love him this week versus Atlanta. Atlanta gives up a lot of points uh, to premier players on the opposing team. Now, whether that be a running back, whether that be a a wide receiver, whether that be a tight end, uh, they give it up to the the main playmaker. And I think it's because overall their their defense is a little bit mundane and a little bit everywhere. Their pass rush sometimes takes plays off. Their linebackers are are kind of rough in terms of coverage skills. And their defense as defensive backs have given up a lot. They've played well, but they've also given up a lot of big plays. So this, this screams Debo Samuel goes off. So uh, I, I love Debo this week. Last on my likes list is Cole Beasley versus the Carolina Panthers. The Buffalo Bills are in a rut right now. And listen, I don't I don't listen, I don't know what's going on with Buffalo. I know they can't run the football. They're pretty much um, one. They have one way to win football games and it's very obvious. You can scheme against it. They can't run the football. They're asking their younger quarterback to take most of those rushes, putting him in any types, uh, many types of of dangerous situations with the ball in his hand. But you have to be able to run the football. You don't even have to do it well. You just have to do it. And they went a whole half without running the football with a running back. It's that's I've never even seen that since I've been alive watching the NFL since I was seven years old. I've never seen a team only throw the football or have a QB run when stuff breaks down for an entire half. I've never seen that. But this week, they're going to try and, and silence the haters. They're starting to lose ground. They might be out of the playoff situation soon. And by soon, I mean this week. So they need a big win against a Carolina team that's been struggling offensively and defensively. So I think I think Cole Beasley has a game. I think that they're going to blanket. Uh, they're going to blanket digs. Uh, and it's definitely going to happen. 
Um, they're going to blanket him. They're going to blanket him hard with their number one corner, their number two corner, their, a safety. They're going to try and take digs out of it. Manuel Sanders is dinged up, so you're basically going to be up to Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis. And I'm going to pick Cole Beasley because he's a PPR machine. Uh, so I absolutely love Cole Beasley this week versus the Carolina Panthers. All right, we've reached my new special segment, What Really Grinds My Gears. Um, I'm going to say one thing, and then I'm going to go off on a rant. Uh, Not really a rant, but I'll tell you exactly why I feel this way. Uh, But the new segment, What Really Grinds My Gears. You know what and or who really grinds my gears? Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer fired as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, the only thing that doesn't grind my gears about this is that I called it. I called it on multiple podcasts. I want you guys to go back and listen to all the podcasts in my feed. I bet you I said it 10 times out of 10 different podcasts that Urban Meyer would not make it through the season, especially after I watched the way they started and the way Trevor Lawrence was playing. Urban Meyer fired a lot of ridiculous things going on behind the scenes for Urban Meyer. He kicked their their kicker in practice and said, I don't why did you the kicker said, why did you kick me? Because I'm the head football coach. That's why that type of attitude doesn't work in the world and it definitely doesn't work in the NFL. This is not the 1970s. This is not how this works. Uh, this is not the bad, the bullies, the pistons. This is this is not any of that garbage. This is 2021 in the NFL. You're dealing with millennials. You're dealing with not even if they're millennials, maybe Gen X, whatever generation is right above that. He's talking crap on the coaches in a meeting that he hired, asking asking them why they, telling them they've never done as much as he has. Well, listen, Urban Meyer, I got a little message for you. You had all that success at Bowling Green. You had all that success, I think, at Florida. You had all that success at, at Ohio State. And you get this big check. You come into the NFL. You say all this BS. You start with Tim Tebow. You bring Tim Tebow in. You leave him on your team. You create a bad culture with Tim Tebow getting competing for a roster spot, never even played the position. And he was terrible in every video I saw of him. Then you, you have all this drama behind the scenes. You know what, Urban Meyer? I'm glad. I'm glad because you, the reason that you are out of this league is because you are a terrible human being. That's what you are, a terrible human being. You cannot treat people in that way. You should not be allowed to be paid your salary based on the actions that you've taken on your own football team, on your own coaches, on your organization. You disrespected the organization with all your off-the-field antics, not to mention all the stuff that happened even before that you were on the Jacksonville Jaguars when you were in college, all the antics off the field, all the BS behind the scenes. You, you, you made the the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars look like an idiot uh, because you yourself, Urban Meyer, are an idiot. The fact that you knew, you have to know, Urban Meyer, you're recruiting kids in college. You're recruiting players. They're only a few years older than the kids you're recruiting. And 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 that's that includes kids in high school, and that also includes kids that are in college and are transferring. Some of the kids, and that team is young. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a young team, so you can't tell me you're going to come in here and treat them the way you treated them, and you thought it was going to work. What were you doing? I don't think Urban Meyer should be able to should be allowed to be a head coach anymore in football in sports. He shouldn't even be allowed based on the things that he's done, based on the things that are leaking out from the from the media. And people were saying it, some of this stuff was leaking slowly and, and it was coming out. No, this isn't true. It's not true. It's not backed up. Well, guess what? When one person says something, you can question it. When five people say something, you can't question it. Urban Meyer is out in Jacksonville. I'm so glad he's out. And based on his own press conference that I watched live he said that whoever was the the leak in the media, whoever was doing this shit, uh, th- th- that was leaking all this stuff that he said was not true about him, that ended up being true. Guess what, Urban Meyer? You said that they were going to be jobless uh, and they were going to be off the off the team. You said uh, they were going to be fired and replaced. Guess what? Now you're in that spot. You're in that spot, Urban Meyer, for being a terrible football coach, a terrible human being, and ruining an entire season for not only uh, Con, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, not only every Jacksonville Jaguars fan, but the entire city of Jacksonville who has struggled, the smallest media, the smallest following for NFL football, the smallest market, 
and you went out there and treated them like absolute trash. For that, Urban Meyer, I don't respect you. I never did. Uh, This is a hot take that I haven't told you guys about before. Never been a huge fan of Urban Meyer, and this completely backs what I believe. He's in it for himself. All his off-the-field antics involve himself. All his decisions, all of his press conferences, everything involves himself. And you can't be that you can't be that selfish on a in the NFL where you need an entire team and an entire organization to make the dream happen of winning a Super Bowl, and that will never happen with a head coach like Urban Meyer. All right, that's my soapbox on Urban Meyer. Uh, if you guys missed any of the videos, I encourage you to go back and check them out. They're all over the internet. There's already memes out. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, but Urban Meyer, it's listen, it's 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 a sad thing. They wait, he wasted a whole season. A whole season for this organization, a whole season for some of these one-year players that were trying to prove themselves. Uh, He wasted a lot of people's time, uh, and time is money. As you guys all know, that's exactly how I feel, and I've said it multiple times. So I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. Once again, uh, sharing the podcast word of mouth, uh, sharing it on Facebook, uh, replying, retweeting it on Twitter. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Add me on Twitter at All In Man Cave Pod. Add me on Facebook, Cole Hate, C O L E H A Y D T. Remember that the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as other places podcasts are found. Cough, cough, Alexa. If you guys are chilling in the kitchen, making some dinner, uh, bored, doing some stuff in the kitchen, wherever your Alexa is, uh, throw on the podcast. It is available on Alexa via Amazon Music. Uh, so thank you so much, guys. I will be back tomorrow. Uh, big day. Got a bowling tournament on Saturday. I was going to come out with the podcast on Saturday, but we have football games on this Saturday. Uh, so tomorrow I will have the podcast available for best bets against the spread, as well as over-unders, as well as the EK Parlay, which is going to be almost impossible this week. Uh, but it is still possible, as is with all gambling. Uh, so I will have that out for you guys tomorrow. Once again, thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Uh, Go have a beer, go have a cigar, go have whatever your vice is. Relax, you do enough, we work enough, we have all this stress. Relax a little bit, enjoy it. Uh, Because remember, you can't get time back. So like I always tell you guys, I will talk to you tomorrow for the preview episode for, um, for this upcoming week in the NFL. And like I always say, later. 